like to welcome you to this Bible study tonight. We're going to be looking at a verse in Ephesians chapter 2 with the topic of living with new significance. Wouldn't you agree that one of our essential needs as human beings is that we want our life to count. We want to, we have a sense of, uh, need for a sense of worth, that what we do uh, has significance. There's actually a well-known book called The Search for Significance by a Christian counselor and has a number of the themes that we like to emphasize about God's grace, our adoption into God's family, God's love. We're going to be looking at that really just in, in one Bible verse, and I hope that if you continue with uh, this meeting or recording, that by the end of it, uh, Ephesians 2 verse 10 will be uh, embedded in your heart and mind, and that we'll all uh, be really encouraged by that. So I'm going to share my screen as we take a look at a, at a PowerPoint, uh, just a brief outline, uh, doing a little Bible study together tonight. So as we turn to the, the book of Ephesians, um, we see that living with new significance is one of the blessings we have when we receive Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And uh, the text that we like to uh, study for the next few minutes is Ephesians 2, verse 10. This is from the New King James Version. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So that's our text for tonight. And notice that this verse reflects the structure of the epistle to the Ephesians. Have you noticed that in chapters 1, 2, and 3, it's about who we are in Christ, discovering our identity in Jesus Christ. These chapters talk about, For example, chapter 1, that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Chapter 2 talks about being saved by grace and being part of God's forever family. Chapter 3 talks about how this is a a new revelation that we would have equal um, uh, standing with uh, the children of Abraham who are in the new covenant. And then that God would just open our eyes to his amazing love. And then we see that the second part of Ephesians, chapter 4, 5, and 6, is how we are to live in a manner worthy of this. So a book that um, Ryan Miller and I wrote earlier this year and published is called uh, The Worthy Walk. And it's based on this very concept that we need to discover identity in Christ. And then what's involved in living in a manner worthy of this? Well, one aspect of it is to live with a new sense of significance. So that's what we're going to take a closer look at as we do a little textual Bible study tonight. As true believers, first of all, we have a new identity. If I were to ask you what identity you've been living out of, what would you say? Those of you who have attended our Grace Fellowship International Conference know that the first session that Dr. Salman would teach goes to the book of Matthew where our Lord said, Who do people say that I the Son of Man am. Jesus knew his own identity. Uh, quoting the book of Daniel, he's the, the Messiah, the Son of Man. Then they had different answers. Some say you're you're uh, one of the prophets or John the Baptist. And then our Lord said, who do you say that I am? And Peter had the right answer. You're uh, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then our Lord said, Peter, you do not recognize my true identity because uh, of some human source. But he said, my Father in heaven revealed this to you. And friends, in the same way, we may have other people that have said certain things about us for better or for worse. 
And we might have our own opinion of who we are. But God wants to reveal to us uh, who we, we are in him. And one of the terms we see in the book of Ephesians is that we are saints. And if you have your Bible open to Ephesians, notice um, some examples of how this title is used. Chapter 1, verse 1, to the saints who are in Ephesus. Now, he's not talking about the spiritual elite. He's talking about fellow believers. And we see that also in verse 15 of the same chapter, where it says, Therefore, also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, meaning all fellow believers. And notice also verse 18. He's praying that the eyes of our understanding being lightened, that we would know what is the hope of God's calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance. In whom? In the saints. That means fellow believers. So what is a saint? Well, it's not just a football player from New Orleans. Uh, a saint is someone who is set apart for God. And the Bible says when you and I receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit regenerates us, that we are set apart for God. And uh, that is a wonderful blessing, isn't it? So you'll notice in our key text, it says the first phrase is that for we are his, meaning God's workmanship. Now, the Greek word in the original New Testament for workmanship is poema. Does that remind you of a word, poema, poem? Um, it's the, the word we get poetry from. It means that we're God's handiwork. And it's also used in Romans about uh, what God has created. So you and I, when we are born again, that we become in our innermost being created as God's special handiwork. When God created Adam and Eve, he said um, that he was creating our original parents in his image, in his likeness. So that gave them unique dignity, didn't it, among all the creatures God made. So human life is sanctified. We're made in God's image. Uh, but also we see that when we are born again, Jesus said we must be born, spiritually born again. When we are, then our new innermost being is now um, God's workmanship. So we are God's special handiwork. And you might say, I don't really feel like handiwork. <clears throat> well, you are. Uh, God has made you his handiwork. Um, uh, one of our students who's often on the call, um, uh, Logan. Uh, made my wife a little gift a while back, and I um, don't know if you can see this on the screen here, but this is a miniature um, stand, like a like an easel, okay, a miniature easel, and it's got a little oil painting. Now, amazingly, the oil painting is only about three inches square, so it's a miniature painting. So maybe you have a full-size painting or a full-size easel. Well, uh, we were given that as a little gift as a miniature um, painting. Well, God says that that we are his workmanship, and um, we are uh, therefore given new significance. Even before we do one good work for God, um, we see that uh, as a believer, we have this new identity. Would you agree with me that we tend to live in a way that's consistent with how we see ourselves? I was driving along um, listening to the Christian radio station, uh, the Southern Gospel Station, they sang a song, said, I'm only a sinner saved by grace. And I've sung that over the years, and, and I agree that um, when we were saved, we had to confess that we're sinners, that we're saved by grace. But, you know, we're not 
as a believer, only a sinner. Now we are a saint. And if we live out of that new identity, it's going to have a positive influence in how we see ourselves, how we see God, and how we see others. So would you give thanks with me tonight that you can live with new significance because you have a new identity? Well, we have a second blessing that our verse unpacks for us, and that is that we have a new life. We have a new life. Notice in the verse here that we are God's workmanship. The next phrase, created in Christ Jesus. Now, that original Greek word is in the past tense, and it's in the passive voice. We didn't create ourselves. God created us. And it's the same word that's used to describe how God created all things in the book of Genesis. So, again, when you are spiritually reborn, the innermost part of you is created as what the Bible calls the new person, the new man. And that is a miracle that we need to appreciate. So if you have your Bible, uh, I'll just remind you of some verses in Ephesians chapter 2. The first three verses talk about the dire condition we had before we were saved, that we were spiritually dead, um, that uh, um, we were walking the way of the world and of the enemy of our souls. And then verse 4 shines like a, a beam of sunlight on our hopeless condition by saying in verse 4 of chapter 2 of Ephesians, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, what did he do? He made us alive together with Christ. Well, we, when he made us alive, then he recreated us. He regenerated us in our innermost being, right? Continuing with the text, it says, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and grace is the undeserved uh, favor of God that we don't merit. And verse 6 says, And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Wow. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Now just to underline how we are God's workmanship, how we are created in Christ Jesus by his grace and not by our works. It goes on to say, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and then not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And that's the context, friends, of our verse tonight. It flows into verse 10, for we are his workmanship, poema, created in Christ Jesus in the past. When? When you receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and were born again. And so here um, we have in our text, we can live in new significance because of our new identity and also the new life in us. But friends, this is not only an individual new life. If you're in Ephesians 2 with me, we'll go down a little bit further in our passage and notice that not only do we have an individual significance, but the moment you're born again, you're put into the international, um, intergenerational family of God, which the Bible calls the church or the body of Christ. And verse 14 says, for he, meaning Jesus himself, is our peace, who has made both one, meaning Jewish believers and Gentile believers, made us one one body, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, and so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. You see that word create there in uh, verse 15? He created an organic family of God, not just individual believers, but we are members of one another. We are a body. 
So just like your human body has different members, but they're all part of one organism. So you and I, as believers, are part of one international family. We're part of one organic body with different members, different functions, different roles. And so here we see um, that uh, it's a great privilege we have uh, to be in this family of God. Verse 19 talks more about our identity as God's corporate family. Verse 19, now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. That was our identity before we were saved. Uh, as Gentiles, but fellow citizens with the saints. There again is the word saints and members of the household of God. And so once again, we have this picture that we are part of God's family. We're citizens. And now we have another image of this new life, that we are part of a, a spiritual temple, a dwelling place of God, where it goes on to say in verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So we have a new identity individually as saints, but also corporately as members of the body of Christ of this spiritual temple. And this new life that God gave you as a believer is not only your new human spirit, but it's a, it's a light that connects you with his other family members. So, friends, this is a, a great source of dignity and significance to know that, that you're valued. You're valued so much that our Lord Jesus' precious blood was shed for you. And this life connects you to the family of God. So you may be feeling lonely sometimes. Maybe you feel that you don't belong. Friends, you, you do belong. You're part of this uh, eternal family of God that gives you whole new significance to live not only individual Christian life, but live as part of the team of disciples in your community. And so uh, be encouraged that we can live a new significance because we have this new life within us. Amen. Also in Ephesians 2.10, we have another blessing, and that is what I'll call new values. What do we mean by new values? Well, in our verse it says, we are his workmanship, that's our new identity, created in Christ Jesus, that's our new life. What's our purpose for good works? We have new values. Before we were saved, we didn't have the sensitivity to goodness. Now we do. We have a new set of values. We're not to live in conformity to this world system. We are to live with the awareness of God's values, God's standards. And these are eternal values and they're unchanging values. For example, if you go over with me to chapter 4, notice what it says about the new values that we have as believers. Chapter 4, verse 17 reads, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. And by the way, walk in our verse and in these verses is an idiom for living the Christian life practically day by day. You walk one step at a time. We live one day at a time. Walking is a idiom for practical daily Christian living. Okay, so it says in verse 18, uh, in terms of our unsafe condition, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, having given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Those are the old values. Those are the sensual, temporal values, which we are now to turn away from. Verse 20 of chapter 4. 
But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. And notice our uh, our new values here, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old person, the old man, which grows corrupt according to this heful lust. So we are to put off the old values. And here, this is a figure of speech that we are to put off the the conduct of the old person. Put off the conduct of the old person because you're no longer that old person. You're a new person. And then verse 23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Hopefully this Bible study contributes to that cause. Verse 24, in that you put on the new man, the new person, uh, the new qualities that God has put into your new spirit. Put on the new man. Notice it says here, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Once again, see how this backs up our verse. We were created. This new man, who you were in your spirit, was created when you were born again. And what's the DNA, so to speak, of this new life? It's described as righteous and holy. In other words, the innermost part of you, friend, uh, is righteous and holy, as you heard from Don Higgins in our previous studies together. And so as we live, let Christ live his life in us and through us in the abiding life, those are the values that will be demonstrated in obedience and walking in the Spirit. New values. Well, I trust that we will value this dignity, this significance that we are called to demonstrate. Yes, I realize that um, our culture is drifting further and further away from biblical values, but you and I are called um, not only to realize that we're God's workmanship, not only to appreciate that we're created in Christ Jesus, but to see that this is unto good works. It's a, um, a new set of values that we are to appreciate. All right? Well, may God sensitize us and encourage us in those values. And that leads us to a fourth aspect of living with new significance. And that is that you and I have a new purpose, a new purpose. Once again, in our key verse, we see that we are God's workmanship, uh, his poetry, his handiwork. That's your new identity created in Christ Jesus. That's your new spiritual life for good works. Those are your new values. And then it says, which God prepared beforehand. That is really profound. I wish I fully grasped what that means. But we see in our our Bible study tonight that if God prepared them beforehand, then we see that that gives us a purpose. These are not just random good works. They're not just um, a, a set of ethics. Actually, God has a plan for you and me to be conformed to the image of Christ. And he has a purpose that you and I are to love him, love others, and make disciples of all nations. So we see that these good works are works that God before ordained. He planned them. When I was a teenager and I was uh, seeking to to get back on track in my spiritual life, I remember reading a booklet um, from Campus Crusade for Christ called The Four Spiritual Laws. And, and when I read the first law, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, it kind of jumped off the page. And then as I went to Expo 72 in my junior year of high school, seeing tens of thousands of people excited about the gospel as Billy Graham preached it and others sang about it. Uh, it, it encouraged me to, to, uh, to grow, to discover a new purpose that I had for my life. And whatever calling you have, whatever your employment, your education, your work status, whether you're retired or 
um, whatever your ministry might be, you have a purpose that God has before ordained. And if you have a new purpose, would you agree with me that 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 gives you significance in life? It gives you a sense of dignity. So be encouraged. If you ever feel, um, is this worth it? You know, what is life all about? What's the meaning of my life? Friend, you have meaning. You have dignity. You have significance. Yes, you have purpose because God has a plan for you to use your unique personality, your circumstances in life, your ethnic background, your culture, your education, your talents, your spiritual gifts. And he has a purpose to uh, to use them as a vessel, as a channel for his saving life to make a difference in this troubled world. So be encouraged that you and I have this new purpose. And that leads us to uh, the fifth and concluding observation in our key text, and that is, uh, that we have a new opportunity. Oh, I didn't read, I didn't read the verse, did I? Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8 is a verse that I picked just to remind us of our new purpose. Ephesians 5 and verse 8. For you were once darkness. Okay, that's when our life did not have significance. But now you are light in the Lord. Notice that is our identity. We are light in the Lord. And now we have our new values. Walk as a child of light, as children of light. And notice the values here. The fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And so as we see once again this challenge to live according to this new identity, this new life, new values, um, we are encouraged um, to walk according to the new purpose God has given us. Let's jump down to verse 15, Ephesians 5:15. See then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So God's purpose for your life is a wise purpose. Redeeming the time. That means that we need to make the most of our opportunities because the days are evil. Once again, it says, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So God's will for your life is what we mean by your purpose. And yes, it's a purpose that will be in harmony with these other observations of your identity, your new life, and your new values. And as we look at this fifth observation of our verse tonight, notice that we have a new opportunity, a new opportunity, which is the verses we just read, that we are to redeem the time, that we are to discover God's will. And verse 18 says, and do not be drunk with wine. I'll just stop there for a moment. When someone is under the influence of alcohol or drugs, um, one of the ways that's described is being under the influence. Well, that's the wrong kind of influence, right? And it uh, it bypasses our mind. It lowers our resistance uh, to evil and, and harmful spiritual influences. So rather than being under the influence of, of uh, alcohol or drugs, what's the opposite? It says, be filled with the Spirit. In other words, allow the Spirit of God in you to take control, to, to be the influencer, to be the helper, to be the one called alongside, the paraclete, the Greek word, uh, to, to remind you of the things of God, to empower you to live this new life. So it's a new opportunity for you and I to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And one way we describe that that sense of being filled with the Spirit is uh, to realize our identity. You recognize from uh, Dr. Solomon's handbook, The Happiness, that when a person um, is born, this represents Adam's lineage, and this represents you before salvation. When you receive Christ as your Savior, God takes you out of Adam, and he puts you into this 
eternal lifeline of Jesus. So this um, horizontal lifeline represents Jesus Christ who came from heaven, born of the Virgin Mary, died on the cross, lives forever. And when you are this new person, God's workmanship, the new life in you is actually eternal life that comes into your spirit and gives you this new purpose. And uh, part of that enablement is that when Christ was raised, you were raised with him. And when Christ ascended, the new you ascended with him. So you have significance because you've been raised with Christ having his power, and you have significance because you're seated with him in heavenly places. You say, John, how can I be in heaven today if I'm planted here, you know, in uh, Japan, Canada, U.S., or wherever? Well, it's, it's talking about our spiritual position in Christ, our legal authority in him. And that certainly gives us the power and authority to live with this new significance. And this is on the Grace Fellowship website and the Wheel and Line Tract and um, in the Handbook to Happiness, as you know. And so as we look at these facets of, of our Bible study tonight, we learn that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, live according to them day by day. And another diagram from Handbook to Happiness, adapted a little bit with this heart in the center, is that when you appreciate that you're saved, assured, and secure, when you accept your acceptance and discover your new identity, well, that is your basis of significance. And then you can live according to that purpose with his enablement as the indwelling Christ lives through you. And as Paul put it so well in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I shall now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Friends, it's wonderful to know that we have uh, a new identity. Are you living out of that new identity today? Or do you appreciate that you have new spiritual life? That That's a very significant life because it's eternal life. Do you discern that you and I are not to be conformed to this world because we have new values? We have good works that God calls us to do. Um, in my New Testament reading this morning, I was reading in James chapter 2 where it says, faith without works is dead. It doesn't mean that we have to do works in order to help our salvation or keep our salvation, but you might say that that faith is the root and good works are the fruit. They're the evidence of saving faith. And we see that we have this new purpose uh, that God has planned beforehand uh, that we are involved in the Great Commission and a new opportunity that we should walk in this new life day by day. What a privilege we have um, to recognize this significance because many times people base their significance on on their accomplishments, their bank account, their looks, uh, their athletic ability, um, their education, uh, their fame, whatever it may be. But if we are building our significance on anything other than God's provision for us in the gospel, then that's an insecure significance and a temporary one. I hope tonight as you and I have meditated on this verse that the Holy Spirit has encouraged us um, that just as our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, is the one with ultimate significance. 
you and I are in him, then we share a whole new significance that gives us a sense of purpose and hope. So would you pray with me as we seek to walk in light of this truth? Lord, thank you for um, this portion of your word that we've studied tonight. And we're just amazed that you've saved us by grace through faith when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that you would help us to recognize our new identity and live accordingly. We're amazed that you've given us this new spiritual birth. Lord, we do ask that you would help us to uh, acknowledge that we have a new value system. So help us, Lord, to, to walk in newness of life. Lord, thank you that we have purpose because you have a plan for us. And, and that plan rolls out one day at a time as we abide in Christ. And Lord, help us to walk this out on a daily basis as we um, trust your Holy Spirit to fill us and to empower us. I just thank you for each person in the meeting tonight and viewing this video. And we give you glory uh, for the wonderful significance you've given us as your children. And Lord, we lay all of our crowns at the feet of our Lord Jesus, giving you honor and glory as the author and finisher of our faith. We pray this in your precious name. Amen.